Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. Hey, guys. Hey, how's it going? I was waiting for you to respond when I totally forgot that we don't normally do that for you guys because, you know, people know what you sound like. Yeah, but it's You know what? We're just our own guests this time. We're our own guests. We're that special. Yeah. And and it's been a while since we've actually done this in the beginning, so why not? Uh, Yeah, I guess it doesn't hurt. Yeah, it doesn't hurt. So today... We're here to talk about the new book, Ahsoka, which, uh, was it, was this Disney Press or was it Del Rey? Uh, this is Disney Press, yes. That's, uh, okay, that's what I thought. So, young adult novel. Interesting. So published by Disney Press. Uh, and so I just wanted to call out that Disney Press was nice enough to give us all review copies so we could Thank have you. this review for you on day one of the book being out there. Well, so we're... Thank you, Mods. Thank you. <laughs> Oh, hey, I just looked at my watch and was I've had a timer running for the last two and a half hours. But it's a, uh, currently 8.30 Pacific time, the day before the book comes out. So if you're on the uh, East Coast, it may already be out for you. But you'll, you'll get it in about 30 minutes. So by the time we're done with this review, it'll yep. be live. So uh, you'll be able to read the, rev- read the book and then immediately play the review as soon as you finish it. So that's our yeah. goal. You have, you have about half an hour to read the book before this comes out. So right. and, get, and just so give a heads up, it's a good book, by the way. You'll enjoy it. Oh, yeah. interesting, Tom. Interesting. It's 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 a good book. Really? Uh, ah, we'll get there. Uh-oh. I, uh oh. I just FYI, heads up, pretty obvious, but we will be uh, having full spoilers for this episode. So, Snape kills yeah. Dumbledore. Uh-huh. Wow, I couldn't even get that out right. That's embarrassing. <laughs> okay, never mind. Keep going. I'm. I'm. Oh, I have no idea what you even said. I, I, I missed to say it too. <laughs> but it just but, uh, but full spoilers. So um, you know we're releasing this on release day. Um, so make sure that uh, you know you don't don't spoil yourself. But uh, with that, I mean, I think we can get straight into the episode rundown. Tom, you want to tell us what this book is about for those who might not know? Uh, well, the book is called Ahsoka. It was written by E.K. Johnson, who also wrote Lost Stars. This is a 356-page book by Disney Press, or released by Disney Press. So, you know, the synopsis is, fans have long wondered what happened to Ahsoka after she left the Jedi Order near the end of the Clone Wars and before she reappeared as the mysterious rebel operative Fulcrum in Rebels. Finally, her story will begin to be told. Following her experience with the Jedi and the devastation of Order 66, Ahsoka is unsure she can be part of a larger whole ever again, but her desire to fight the evils of the Empire and protect those who need it will lead her right to Bail Organa and the Rebel Alliance. So that's a good setup for the book, because you do that's get to see... the entire book. Well, absolutely. I mean, you get to see her progression. That synopsis shows basically gives you a one-paragraph sentence of exactly how the book plays out. Yeah. So, I'm curious. What what did you guys think of the 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 book overall? Because so for me, I was surprised slightly when I read the book. 
because this has been billed as, you know, find out what happens to Ahsoka between the end of the Clone Wars when Ahsoka's story was so tragic, tragically cut short, right? We we saw that um, uh, she, we saw her leave the Jedi Order, and then there were a few episodes with her when she was no longer a Jedi. But then mm. the show was canceled, and Ahsoka was gone, right? And we didn't know what happened to her, and we didn't even know if she would survive Order 66. And then, you know, Rebels starts up, and we see Ahsoka's in Rebels, and we don't know what's happened during this time period, and they're talking about stuff like, you know, it, it happened because to, to the characters it did, but the fans don't actually know. Um, and so this book was billed as this is the this is the this is the novel that will tell you her story and what happens during uh, Order sixty six and how she becomes Fulcrum and kind of pieces together the Clone Wars and Rebels. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you guys think it it did that? I want I, I want to get your thoughts. Um, you know what I. I actually think this was the the book we needed to get post uh, post Clone Wars. I thought it did a pretty good job of what you've just described. Mm-hmm. And and for but me, I get the sense you disagree. Well, me me or William, because I no, I get from from William's buildup. I get the sense he didn't feel like this is the book he was expecting. It wasn't, but it was still a, a very enjoyable book. I still really liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. But it, the book was more self-contained. It was a very self-contained book with and, a couple uh, of the pieces with. Because uh, honestly, the the only yeah, I think I think you were gonna say this, so um, sorry yeah. to interrupt. Go ahead. No, go. Um, we get a little bit about Order sixty six, but it's all told in some flashbacks, right? And even then, the flashbacks start going away. I think there's only like three or so flashbacks that actually deal with Order sixty six, and the rest start going off and talking about other characters or other things that are happening. And so you don't really get much of that. And to be honest, I, I think that's okay, right? We don't necessarily need to know because those were that's that was the domain of of the television show. And this is a much more central uh smaller and focused story uh taking place with on uh two two different planets um for the most part. And Ahsoka kind of goes back and forth between the two of them. Uh, and it's a story that really doesn't have a big af- impact on the rest of the galaxy at all. Uh, but it kind of helps us see where Ahsoka is at this part of her life and how she deals with what, with what happened to her. And so uh, I still very much enjoyed the book. But it was a little bit different than I was expecting. Well, why, why do you think you... Okay, let me put it this way. Why would you have wanted to see this be more so if i understand what you said correctly more of a galaxy wide influence than just the smallness that it is did, did, did i did i understand that correctly cuz you you're looking for something much bigger than this than this cuz actually when well, i read the story it was more I, like so yeah so go at ahead. celebration europe at celebration europe Filoni um was talking about how uh out there was, um, I'm trying to remember exactly, but um, basically, uh, right before Order 66, Maul is attacking, uh, is, is on Mandalore, and there's this big mm-hmm. battle happening, right? right. And uh, Ahsoka is brought in, I think by, I'm forgetting some of the specifics. By Rex, maybe? 
No, I think he was brought, being brought in by. I think Ahsoka's being brought in by Bo-Katan, um, mm. to to take down Maul, and I think that's the case. But I don't remember. Maybe that that could be slightly incorrect, and I have to double check. Um, and that's when you know. So they reach out to Ahsoka, or maybe maybe it was the the Republic decides to, to attack Maul finally. But anyway, Ahsoka's brought in, and <clears throat> somehow the Jedi are involved and. Obi-Wan and Anakin come to help Ahsoka take down Maul. And at the last minute, they are called away to Coruscant because a certain senator right. has been kidnapped. Uh, That's right. kicking off yeah. Revenge of the Sith. And so they leave half the 501st Legion with Ahsoka. Anakin leaves his Padawan, half of the 501st Legion, including Rex. And, um, and the 501st Legion, all clad in orange, right? Because the uh, as Dave Filoni described it, the doors... The, the I think it was the hangar doors would open and you see the 501st Legion with uh, orange armor uh, for Ahsoka mm-hmm. and led by Captain Rex and together they fought Darth Maul they defeated Darth Maul and that's when he goes into hiding and they don't see him again until uh, the um, the tw- episode Twilight of the Apprentice which ended season two of Rebels. And that sounded so epic mm-hmm. and so exciting, right? Mm-hmm. And all we do is we really get a couple flashbacks of the aftermath. I think we see, um, the, you know, one one flashback. We we see Ahsoka standing at Rex's grave, or what's actually his his fake grave because right. they're they're faking his death, um, which was interesting. And that's a question. Uh, yeah, that's a question that, to throw out there. Right. The, the very first flashback talks about how Mandalore was burning and, you know, Maul's telling her you're not even a real Jedi. So we, we do get a brief scene there. But other than that, like, honestly, E.K. Johnson, the author, could have written this book pretty much without any involvement from Dave Filoni. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it would have been she wouldn't have stepped on any toes necessarily. Okay. Um, so, so the, to throw this possibility out there, do you think the reason why the book was done the way it was is to get people who do not and have not watched the Clone Wars to read a book about a really cool character and they find her backstory that they just found her in Rebels? If they were to delve into the whole Clone Wars thing, don't you think that may have lost some people who have never... Oh, totally. This it would character. have been so much yeah. harder to jump into. So I, I, yeah. I get why, right? Yeah, and uh, this is—it's less of a, um, the, the the book with Asajj Ventress and and Quinlan Vos. Oh, yeah, uh, Dark Apprentice, uh, Dark Disciple. Um, that one felt very much like unproduced episodes of of the of the Clone Wars, right? Oh, absolutely. You could actually yeah, see. Yeah. And we talked about this in our review. You could see the scenes between episodes where they had the. The commercial breaks where they had the uh, where where they where the where the episodes went from one to another right because mm-hmm. episode arc you could mm-hmm. see that and it was very plain as day right it was okay right it was like a novel of that arc that we never got to see right Ahsoka is not it is its own story it is its own thing uh, it's not an adaptation of this arc at all and that's totally okay mm-hmm. and I think. Part of it just might be in my mind. I built it up to be that, mm-hmm. and it wasn't. Hmm. See, when I that's when okay I was, though. Yeah, okay, 
right? But I think for fans who are expecting that, that's not it. Mm-hmm. But you see, when I when I read this book, I this felt a lot like Kenobi to me because I I loved yeah. Kenobi, and that was the feel for this. This was a character that was on her own and was trying to find her way. Same thing with you know Obi Wan. Yes, he was there to protect Luke, but he was kind of on his own. He was a recluse. And that was kind of the same thing with Ahsoka. Yeah, the, my biggest question when it comes to this book is the Rex part. Because if it was, what what, and I'll bring it up directly, what bothered me about the book is, if it was supposed to be a faking his death, why is it in Rebels, he's with Wolf and Gregor, and the Imperials know they're alive? Yeah, that was the thing I thought was odd, is it? Yeah. In Clone Wars... Oh, sorry. And when Rebels, it definitely feels like Rex is not like they're not even surprised he's alive. Right. Unless, of course, signals got crossed and he was never he, he was never listed as MIA or dead. That would be the only reason. And that, that mm-hmm. would be a way, you know, to get by this. Um, you know, I I thought for character growth within this character, you did seem at the beginning of this, she did feel like, you know, I'll say a lost, a lost little girl didn't know her place in the galaxy. And that was pulled off very well. And you, you got to see her kind of struggle with, do I want to get involved? Like the the first thing that you see is it's empire day on, I'm going to butcher the name, the Beska. And yeah, it sounded about right. Yeah. It's it's the Beska or something. You know, and, and she, you know, here, here's these little farty children wanted her to go see the parade, to you know, to honor Empire Day. But, you know, she's like hesitant on that because she's lost. She doesn't want to participate in that anymore because it brings back a bad memory. And mm-hmm. at that point, she decides to get up and run, you know, mm-hmm. after being there for, you know, we don't know how long she was there, but she was there long enough to basically make herself, you know, a friend of this family that totally. I think adopted. she was there for about a year. OK. Originally. OK. But but mm-hmm. she's but it still seemed like she was there for a year. She was comfortable, but she's still like this lost little girl, not knowing her place in the galaxy. Because when she's asked to go do this, she runs away. Mm-hmm. And that's where yeah. th- that's where the next planet she goes to, which is Rada, where you could see that struggle. You know, it's almost like, do I want to run again, or do I want to actually, you know, start making a life for myself at this point? Right, and that, and that honestly, yeah, you're you're totally right. That's basically what this whole this whole book is about, right? You know, how does she deal with uh, kind of being on her own and yet not? Mm-hmm. She doesn't go full Obi Wan and say, "I'm going to be a hermit and live by myself and shut everyone off." She try, kind of tries to do that, and she realizes that she can't. Because uh, she just she's, can't she's do that. A separate person than Obi Wan. Obi Wan. Yeah, and it, yeah. <clears throat> well, exactly. There's... There's even a line that I thought was really, I think it was Bale says it, but he makes a comment about how uh, not everyone can make, you know, everyone has a different sacrifice to make. And he makes a comment about, you know, people who, their sacrifices to sit it out. And he's thinking specifically of Obi-Wan, which I thought was a really great way to, to think and talk uh-huh. about it. Mm-hmm. Obi-Wan is not someone who sits things out. He, what he's doing is, in many ways, even greater than the sacrifices Ahsoka is making. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so hard for him. Yeah, because he, he's a doer and he can't, and yet he's chosen to ignore everything and just sit on the sidelines and wait. And, and that's that has something to be the hardest thing for him. 
And that's something that you kind of pick up, and I know it's Legends, but in the Kenobi book. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and that's probably why I loved that book so much. Yeah. Was because of that. But Ahsoka, you know, she decides to uh, travel to the planet Rada uh, and, you know, tries to pick an uninhabited house. And it's kind of crazy that she can just go randomly, um, you know, take take a house and there's, there's homes available. It's kind of... It's, <laughs> it's, a so it's planet, really interesting. Planet, it, felt, right? it felt very Star Trek to me. Really? In a lot of... So Star Trek... This, you know, Star Trek just had its what? Is it 40th anniversary, I think? No, I think it's longer. I think it's 50. Yeah. So yeah, 50. Is, but, yes. so there were a lot of articles about Star Trek. And one of the things they talk about is how, especially the next generation, Gene Roddenberry envisioned it as this kind of uh, post this utopia where, you know, things like money and, you know, needs just don't really happen. And this struck me as kind of being a, a piece of the same way. Housing's not, when you've got an entire galaxy, housing's not really a, a, a thing. You know, maybe there's still prime real estate, you know, that sort of thing. But on a plan like Rada, hey, if there's a home open and you're willing to take care of it, you know, more power to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she even finds people that will help her. Not only help her find, well, fix this inhabited house, because wasn't it Caden Lardy or, or the sister who knew about locks and kind of helped yep. her, okay, there's nobody the here? The sister, oh, thank you. So here, here's a house. Um, you know, maybe if you're here for a day, I'll, I'll help you with the locks. But what do you do? And this is where Ahsoka's right. like, well, you know, what What am I good at? I'm good at fixing things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and, one of the things... Sorry, go ahead. Uh, no, take, take it, Stephen. So I was gonna say, one of the things I really liked about this book is uh, it... Star Wars doesn't really touched upon the kind of PTSD, you know, what happens in a post-war yes. society. And I loved, you know, you've got uh, Ahsoka, who's just, she's only known the Clone Wars mm-hmm. her entire life. And she's, you know, what what happens to someone like that post the Clone Wars, especially when she no longer feels like she can fight anymore? Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. And the answer is that she, you know, she, she gets the rod and she's immediately like, well, I'm going to make it back up you know, store some supplies in a cave just in case. I'm going to store, you know, she starts making all these plans. She's thinking tactics. Yeah. And she, even at this point, she doesn't have any reason to. She doesn't really know that the Empire is after her. It's just all instinct. And this, you know, this need to, like, make sure that she can be safe. Well, on top of that, she's also trying not to use her Jedi powers. And that's mm-hmm. the thing to where it, it works into, like you were saying, I need to find a cave. Well, let's go explore over here to find a cave. Uh, let, where can I where can I hide my ship, so that way I can make a quick escape. I, I know I'm not going to leave it here at the spaceport, but hey, I found this crevice over here. I can wedge it in here, and oh, there's a tunnel system that I can get that I can get into. So, yeah. she, she's planning her escape if she's ever found out to be a Jedi. Because in a way, she's still technically on the run. She's trying to make a life for herself, but she's still on the run. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of the things I also really liked about the book is it did a m- very good job of giving you the a more average uh, average person's perspective on the Empire. Um, this is something the MedStar trilo- uh, duology back in oh probably f- six or seven years ago did really well. This kind of man in the street sort of perspective, and in this case, it's the farmers that we yes. get to see that are just they're you know they're all they're doing is trying to live their lives, and the Empire can't let them do that. Yep. Yep. And the interesting and, thing. And, no, go ahead. Uh, no, William, go ahead. 
Uh, you know, you're totally right, and, and we kind of see that kind of how the the empire because they want this um, the, this plant. Uh, I the, I loved the idea of this plant, by yeah. the way. Okay, so go ahead. So, so what, the, what did you love so much about it? So basically, the empire decides. You know, we need we we build. You've got these rations for stormtroopers, and it is the ultimate empire plant. It is super. I mean, it's not tasty or anything like that, but it's just super dense in nutrients, and it is very much a hey, you plant it once, the, wherever you plant that thing, stuff's gonna die. Yep. And the empire, there are lots of solutions. To this they could they could pro- really plant it anywhere, and they're like, you know, we're just gonna find a planet in the middle of nowhere, get some people to do it for us, and we'll burn out the planet. But hey. There's always more where they came from. Mm-hmm. And it's a backwater mm-hmm. planet that nobody's going to miss. Exactly. And if they get rid of that planet, there's always another planet. Yeah. Now, have we ever the, – the Jenneth Pilar, the, the gentleman who, or the imperial officer who's trying to find these planets, we mm-hmm. have not heard this character before, right? Because I – I, I don't trying... believe so. Okay, because I thought and I was confusing I, him with the, the android dude from the other episode uh, – other book. Uh, uh, the guy who was very good with numbers, who was – Yeah, not... I know – I. I yeah, think you're talking name, about in uh, the John Jackson Miller book. Yeah. Name yeah. totally escapes no, uh, me. It, oh, yeah. uh, uh, Vin... Um, Thank you. Vidian? Vidian. Count Vidian. Is that who you're talking about, Tom? Yes. Yeah, because he, yeah, he was he, part... He, in, he yeah. did feel kind of similar to me, but yeah. I'm... He, really? He I didn't did, get that vibe at all. I did. Huh. Uh, I, okay. I saw kind of the, like, focus on... The focus on numbers, the, like, yeah. analytical chin. Sure, and sure. I used, I used Vin Leave. Yeah, but interesting. But I wasn't. Uh, so you talked about this earlier, William, or you mentioned this earlier, and it it clicked something for me. As I was reading this book, I was actually there are a lot of things I was very disappointed in, because I felt like there was just a, a huge lack of detail. Hmm. And so, hmm. for example, the Can Empire you comes, describing the world. Uh, yeah, and just how things are happening. So the Empire comes to Rada. Um, you know, as as you would not be surprised to find out, and is uh, plant and they the, they want to the world. Yeah. Well, sorry. So I'm I'm trying to remember, uh, put it into words. So Ahsoka organizes her little rebellion, mm-hmm. or starts to organize the farmers, and the the farmers get antsy and kind of launch this raid on the facility. Mm-hmm. And so they just, the book describes half the farmers in this you know, resistance go out and attack. And Ahsoka's like, okay, we got to go get them. And so then it d- describes Ahsoka kind of running out and going and finding them. And it, like, finally she talks about a scene where it's like, oh, and then there are five farmers pinned down. I was like, wait, 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 there, is there actually fighting going on? Like, you never describe that there's actually combat. Like, that you just, I felt like, did you, I don't know if you guys ever noticed that. I just felt like a lot of description was missing from the book. Like, it was like, if something's happening, I want you to tell me. That make it... You know what? I guess now I think back on it, I, I can see you're right, but it didn't actually... It didn't hit you at the time. I didn't notice that. Yeah, it didn't where hit I, me at the time. I did notice that with the Battlefront novel, where I felt like oh, they God, would, God. you know, jump in and out of, of things and... Too disjointed. Um, Way too disjointed. Or like, yeah, or we'd start, we'd start to hear about one battle and just be, be over really quickly. But mm-hmm. this one, I didn't... I can see how there was less detail, but I, I kind of chalked that up to more of a uh, a young adult yeah, novel. And so, yeah, I did not realize it was a young adult novel until you told me this about five minutes ago. I think that's actually telling. Yep. 
Yeah, and I, I thought it was well-written. It was just I thought it was lacking in some of the detail I would have expected from I, that I look for in novels that I read. It was just that there was a little bit missing. Yeah, and I, I, think, I think it goes along with who, it's, who the target audience is for. That's probably yeah. why when it got into the details of Order 66 or her flashbacks, that, and that's one thing I have to compliment them on, is when it got to the flashbacks, it was nice that they were different colored pages that you knew that this this was something that was taking yes it was within the storyline but it was something that was called out that you knew that this was something different yeah. compared to the rest of the novel and i i appreciated that because it actually made the novel i think for me flow better it never took me out of the story like if it was just in the middle of the story written mm-hmm. differently this way yeah. it, it was done perfectly and it called out and and it was good but also, again, it gets down to what the target audience was for. Yeah. It, I was very, very happy uh, with a lot of the story of the book. It was just I felt like some of the description of it was just not quite there. Mm-hmm. And that it was just a lot of, I almost want to say bouncing around, although it's not probably not the right description. But Right. Yeah, I mean, I did notice that, you know, they went back and forth between planets a lot. I felt like Ahsoka couldn't really make up her mind between well, whether she wanted to live on. So the uh, thing is, if, as you read the book, because I, I felt the same way at first, but then I was like reading, I was like, actually, there's like months passing during these times. Mm-hmm. That's what's yeah. happening. Yeah, it's no, you're right. She's moving around a lot. It's that time is passing and it doesn't it doesn't feel like it in the book. Yeah, that's <sighs> yeah, I think I think you're right. That maybe, maybe that's it. The time is, is passing. But and yet it didn't like bother me as I was reading it. Mm-hmm. It's just I was like, oh, she's she's going back again. OK, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, her interactions were, were primarily with, you know, there was the there's the group of farmers on Rada uh, led by uh, Kaden, uh, Kaden Larte and her sister, Miara. Um they're like the two central characters, and there's a bunch of the the rest of their crew, like Vartan, uh, Malay, who's a Celestin, Hoban, Nira, um, you know this drunk guy named Tabola, and then Selda, the male, uh, the 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 Tegruten bartender, yeah. with a bunch of prosthetics. Who I thought they were going to have some sort of relationship between him and Ahsoka. I thought so too. I, I thought so because I, the the way they were setting it up was almost like, and I think it even may have been... he was older. Yeah, but well, I, I was looking at it that way. I was looking by by way of uh, war veterans is how I was looking at it because that was yeah. also called out at some point. I think one of the sisters even pointed out that you know she, Ahsoka never really gave a backstory, but they were kind of figuring out that maybe there was some kind of you know backstory to her, and they were trying to figure out maybe she was part of the Clone Wars or she was part right. of the war. They didn't know what side, but they had that feeling there for it. Yeah. Oh, speaking of which, one thing I really liked was how Ahsoka went by the name Ashla. Okay, did you oh, guys yeah. did you guys catch at one point in the book uh-huh. where they actually, I think for one sentence, instead of saying Ashla called her Ahsoka? Yes, her I, did, Ahsoka? I did notice okay, good. that. I wasn't the only one. It wasn't just you. Okay, good. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah, there was, it was I think did it was just a... Yeah, someone yes. else called her Ahsoka before she kind of revealed her identity. It, it was definitely a case of just uh, <laughs> yeah, um, a, a, misprint. a typo that got yeah. missed. Yeah, but it it was it that was the only time in the book 
that it mm -hmm. took me out of the story because it was where it where it was placed to me it was blatant and clear it was probably an well, accident well no 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 and, yeah. and I, I i i i backtrack and probably use the wrong word it was it was in a spot to where it was blaringly obvious that the girl was basically saying asla it, um, instead of ahsoka and mm, and it's... and i i'm not saying that it was a blatant mistake it was the wrong word, but it was it was there and it was obvious to me. And that was the only time it just took me right out. But at that point forward, they did use you know Ashla from that point until she really revealed herself as being Ahsoka Tano. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but I thought it was cool that they used that name, given that it's like an original you know, one of the early names mm -hmm. of the Force and that's. Well, sort of given thing. that we now have the Bendu, does that mean that Ashla and Bogan are still? Uh... Does that have any meaning in universe, or is it just kind of a random, a random? I don't, I don't think so. No, I, I don't think so. I, I forget. Only time will tell, but, I guess. I mean, you have to keep. You know, we like... got some details about Ahsoka's past. Um, I I'm trying to remember. Do we, did they ever talk about this in in the Clone Wars? Where we know, you know, Ahsoka was found by Plo Koon, uh, Dave Filoni's favorite Jedi. But do you ever remember hearing about like a, a fake Jedi at all? Because I don't remember hearing about that in the show. I don't. Remember I don't remember fake. hearing it either. But no. it, it's. I mean, basically, like apparently, that. this the slaver posed as a Jedi and went to Ahsoka's home homeworld and tried to take her uh, because they had signaled to the Jedi Order about her. And they like this guy intercepted the signal and tried to take her, and thankfully, uh, Plo Koon came and rescued her in time. But uh, I don't remember ever hearing about that. No, I, I we don't. knew that she rescued Plo Koon. Um, one of the things I actually really liked is they tying kind of it back. Ahsoka talked about how that causes her to kind of lose trust in uh, people in the galaxy. And the, one of the things the Jedi did was kind of bring her back and let her trust people again. And then after Order 66, she loses it. And this book is about her, you know, regaining that that ability to trust and be part of something again. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, which is, of course, something that tied in very heavily into what allowed her to make her lightsabers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is interesting as well. Like the fact that she willingly left her lightsaber um, uh, on. Uh, uh, she she willingly left her lightsabers on uh, Rex's grave. <clears throat> yeah, it's. Uh, again, I think you were talking about this earlier, William. It's part of the frustration of not knowing really what happened with Order 66. Because mm -hmm. it it sounded like Ahsoka was... they Like Ahsoka and Rex kind of pretended to fight and maybe that's how they kind of both got out is they pretended to like kill each other and then had one of the other clones bury him. Like it... I so, don't know, like I just... I wish I'd know I knew more about what the intention was there. Mm -hmm. And what, what happened to Rex and where is he now? Mm -hmm. So many questions. That that might be another book coming because that is that would be a story I would like to hear. Because what is the bridge between, you know, Rex fakes fake Rex's faked death and him appearing in Rebels? And if this is true that she did leave her original lightsabers on Rex's grave, um was it was it a clone, uh, a clone that wasn't part of Order 66 that left the lightsabers there to basically, you know, throw off the trail that these two could still be alive? Yeah. 
I, I just I don't have a good answer to that. Yeah. I wish. Yeah. We also found out somewhere. that, you know, we also found that uh, she had the opportunity to kill Maul, but decided to save Rex instead. Mm-hmm. So very very interesting. Would, I thought would have loved to have seen that animated. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, uh, it makes you wish. And that and that's the one reason that the one. If I have any disappointment, it's, it's the fact that with this book, it's the fact that we didn't get that. Yeah. And I guess not the fault of the book. It's just the. I just want to know what happened in that so much, and we've gotten bits and pieces through different. Um, through different uh, presentations and discussions and, and that sort of thing. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's not... We know there's more. Yeah. Yeah. We know there's more, and we just don't have that, and, and that's what's so disappointing. You know what would have been fun? And we fun. know we'll probably never get it. Yeah, right? but you, you know what would have been fun? Uh, A little throwaway line when Ahsoka is battling Maul on you Follow the Apprentice, where Maul just would have sat there and said, you should have killed me when you had the chance instead of saving Rex. Mm-hmm. That would have been a beautiful throwaway line right there. Yeah. Yes. Oh, or well. even, I mean, maybe they didn't want to reveal that. But even if it had been yeah. something like, you know, you made your choice on Mandalore or something, you know. True. Very true. Something suitably mallish. Yeah. But. Just like if I haven't killed you once, I'll keep trying and pushes his cannon mm-hmm. out the door. Try, try again. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so one of the other things that I really liked in this book is it. Uh, it was our first introduction to the Inquisitors. Mm-hmm. And yes, uh, you're right. Yes. Yeah. Now I was trying to remember which of the Inquisitors have we seen before. The We've fifth the brother, fifth the other, seventh sister, and the seventh sister. Okay, and so in this and book we had the sixth other brother. Yeah, this is the sixth brother. Which I read it at first, and I was like, "Was that a typo?" But no, it was. It was actually intended to be the sixth brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's. It was interesting to see kind of inside the head of a uh, one of the inquisitors and how they think and what they're looking for. And it was. It was also interesting that they're hunting. I mean, on one of the planets that Ahsoka went to, it was the first planet. One of the little, yeah. yeah, one of the little girls was force sensitive, and the little girl, which I found fascinating when Ahsoka went back later, had the sense that she was being watched, like there was a shadow around. Mm-hmm. I I liked this idea that uh, force sensitive children they may be strong in one area or another, um, as their gift kind of manifests, and then as they get trained, they're able able to kind of apply it more broadly. Mm-hmm. Yes, it makes me wonder, like, uh, so Luke must have been piloting, right? That's how, or is uh, kinesthetic sex? Kinesthetic sense? Mm-hmm. Kinetic? Yeah, I mean, yeah, because he, he was already, he was already a great, a great pilot, so, mm-hmm. um, you know, that was kind of how his abilities were manifesting themselves. Yeah. Um, but it was, I like that that's the piece that pulled Ahsoka in, especially mm-hmm. after, uh, the episode with Ahsoka and the children on, uh, was it Ilum? Yeah. I think mm-hmm. it was Ilum, right? Ilum. Yeah. Ilum. yeah, that's right. Um, oh, yeah, I like actually. that that's... Hmm? Yeah, go ahead. I, was gonna, I like that that's one of the things that kind of pulls Ahsoka's back into things. Yeah. 
And it was cool to actually see her go back to Ilum and, and yeah. see where where the plant what the planet is like at, at that point. And it's it's actually really sad. It's really sad because we we've seen Ilum and we've seen it in the Clone Wars and the Genie Tartakovsky series, and we've seen it in you know so many different expanded universe uh, now legends. Yeah. Uh, you know, games and stories, and you know, to to see that, or to to hear the description of Ilum just being completely destroyed and ripped apart by the Empire as they're mining for these crystals, just like, oh, it it's so sad, so sad. It's sad, but the only thing that, the one thing that I enjoy, okay, I'm not saying that I I enjoy hearing the planet being destroyed, but what I found enjoyable and fascinating was that it proves that you can find a crystal anywhere and it wasn't yeah, I, just I there like that touch of it pardon i said i like that touch that it's the crystal finds you and you may not be where the crystal is but it'll it'll know where you are yeah yeah and we actually got an answer to why ahsoka's lightsabers are silver which was cool because that was one of should we want to jump there because we're all oh yeah, go place. for it. We're okay. jumping all over the place. Okay, we were talking about the Inquisitor, and she's battling the Inquisitor, and this is the thing that I love the most. Her crystals came from the Inquisitor's lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is the thing. How beca- cool and, and, is that? Yeah, and what what is really cool is because, and she and with the book I think did a beautiful job about this when they were they were how she found her original crystals about how they were singing to her or they were calling to her. And as she's battling this inquisitor, those actual inquisitor crystals were calling to her. Mm-hmm. That's how she tracked down the sixth yes. brother using yeah. the crystals. And then she uses the force to crack the crystal, crack the lightsaber. Yes. I, uh, so that I was a little disappointed by because I felt like it was very similar to what Kanan did to the grand inquisitor in uh, season one, where he cracks the blades okay. by kind of uh-huh. hitting it in the center. But she didn't use that lightsabers. Was, right? She she didn't use lightsabers. He used the lightsaber to crack the blade, right? When when he did it, because uh, he put the blades inside and yeah. cracked yeah. it. Yeah. Here she uses the force and is able to then, like, take this synthetic red blade and turn it into a blade that she can use. Yeah. Yeah. Or sorry, maybe, maybe it wasn't synthetic. That was like the legends. No, that's the legends version. In this version, uh, it's the Sith kind of Chandler forcing, forcing, causing the crystal bleed. Yeah, that's right. I was like, I remember it was kind of essentially a, uh, like abusing the crystal. Yeah. Is how I recall. Which was really, really cool. Yeah. And of course, you know, she's able to take out the sixth brother who just. Wow, once he enters the story, he just is brutal. You know, we, we see him, as you mentioned, he, he checks out the, the, the Fardy. He goes over to the Fardy family and, uh, and, and sees the, the youngest one um, uh, who is uh, Force-sensitive. And, you know, he's kind of watching her, Hidala, but he, he never actually finds her. But you know, like, if he finds Hidala, he's going to take her. And give her to the emperor, and it's just gonna at, be bad. At best, he's going to take her. At worst, he's, he's going to probably her. yeah, yeah. It's not not good for her at all, and so that's like that's already suspenseful. Thankfully, he gets pulled away from that 
uh, by actually news of Ahsoka. And, and they kind of like cross paths because as Ahsoka's going back to um, Tabasco, he's heading over to Rada. And uh, so she, she survives. But once he enters the picture, like it's not good for uh, Miara or, um, or, 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 or Kaden. Well, any uh, of the farmers. I mean, at this point, he went yeah. back to the planet because he knew, see, Ahsoka, when she started getting, let's say, her, her, when Ahsoka was basically being Ahsoka, she was helping people. She used a ship to do some basically mercy missions. And here you have two people basically tracking Ahsoka. One of them unknowingly was tracking her was Bail Organa. But then actually the sixth brother was trying to track her because he knew that at a certain point she would end up going back to that planet because someone who was able to track back to Rada and he was going to lure her back because what better way to get yourself up into the empire is killing an actual Jedi mm-hmm. or, you yeah. know, a former Jedi. So he was basically setting a trap for her on Rada. So all those farmers and all her friends in a way were, he killed them all except one. Yeah. Well, oh, it, it, I mean, it gets so bad that, you know, Ahsoka tells them all about her secret caves and they go huddle yep. out there and Ahsoka leaves thinking that if she leaves, she'll, she'll protect everybody else. And, um, the sixth brother, he, you know, he he arrives and just decimates everyone in the cave. I mean, you think they're gonna survive, but like, it's a young reader novel, but that doesn't mean they're not, you know, they don't kill almost all of the characters oh, yeah. in the book. Like everyone except Caden and Miara and uh, Hadala pretty much dies, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Pretty you much. You know, like uh, I don't think the uh, a, a, a few folks like the Hoban doesn't die and that sort of thing but uh or i'm sorry not hoping but the uh, uh the twilic Zelda, uh, Zelda. Uh, Zelda. yeah thank you uh he doesn't die but for the most part they do everyone in the cave like that scene is just brutal where you know miara wants to go outside but she's um uh and, and with her her older sister and instead she just get uh kaden gets uh, was it Nira to knock her out? Yeah, to stun her. Uh, and and she goes outside, and she's already like super wounded from uh, like broken arms and everything from her interrogation, where Ahsoka had to rescue her once, and just barely escapes interrogation from the by the, the Empire. And she walks out there, and she basically sees everyone die. Um, Hoban gets cut in half uh, with, with with the lightsaber. Yeah. That was uh, and, a little brittle. Yeah. Yeah. She, everyone die around her. And then she gets captured and, and again and is once again taken and, and tortured. Meanwhile, um, you know, Miara wakes up and finds everyone dead around her. It's like really, really dark. It really dark. It got brutal. It got brutal for being a young reader. But, uh, you know, it, it, it's. Very interesting to see kind of how how the story progressed and mm-hmm. um, uh, and and how Ahsoka, while she's trying to help, and first she doesn't want to get involved at all, right? And then she's kind of forced to get involved in some ways, and or like she doesn't want even relationships, and then she's kind of forced to establish those relationships because they came after her, they seek her out. Yeah. She can't get away from him. And then the Empire comes. Uh, and then 
she wants to leave and then she can't leave because she, she has to help these people. Mm-hmm. And then by helping them, she actually gets them killed. And like, it, you just feel like it's, you have to feel bad for her. It's like a domino effect. So, yeah. And it, it, she can't escape. She can't get out. And that's the empire. That's the empire for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is the truth. One of my, one of my favorite things though, and, and, and Tom, you mentioned this earlier, but, we get some scenes of Bail Organa on Alderaan mm-hmm. and you know, he's talking about baby Leia and how he's getting, you know, R2D2 back from captain Tilly's and that sort of thing. Um, but my favorite part was how he starts seeing these random acts of kindness around the galaxy and he starts putting them together and he, he sends his little, you know, research team out to go find out what's going on. He's yeah. That was actually two. funny. He, he sent and two Ahsoka, people. Ahsoka like takes him out, right? Um, uh, and knocks him out. But then she she she's able to figure out that it's Bail Organa, and it, it's really cool how you know she she tests him and eventually reveals herself to him. And there we we get the origin story of Fulcrum and how yeah, Ahsoka realizes she has to you know she actually kind of wants to work with Bail Organa and make a difference. What, what did you guys think of the whole, the whole origin and story of Fulcrum? I, I thought it worked really well. Cause I, I liked this, that Ahsoka realizes she starts the book, not knowing that not feeling like she's a Jedi mm-hmm. and not knowing what to do with her life. She's realizing she can't just sit in one place. She's has those Jedi instincts, but she can't bring herself to be part of something anymore. And I think it's fitting that, you know, as she learns to be part of something again, she gets her lightsabers and she gets a new purpose, something she can do. Mm-hmm. And I think it's better than the alternative because remember, Black Sun was also watching her as well. And Black Sun was going to probably bring her into the fold. And if not bring her into the fold, they were going to kill yeah, her. I, I thought the Black Sun piece was a little out of place. It just it but seemed very random. It, it seemed very random. But I think within the universe, if too many good things were happening, somebody was going to come looking. And if it wasn't going mm-hmm. to be the Empire, if it wasn't going to be Bail Organa, it was going to be Black It was going to be someone. Yeah, it was going to yeah. be someone. So, yeah, I mean, it was probably just a little throwaway thing. But yeah. they had to throw That's... that out there first before the actual Bail Organa people, who really did did it wrong as well, right. uh, tried to get involved. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and, I, and it's a natural progression for her to like, yep. you know, start from... Well, she she gets hired to do this smuggling, which she realizes is, you know, is actually kind of a good thing, and she's able to use use that as a cover to do more random acts of kindness around the galaxy. And, sounds like a Honda uh, commercial. Sorry, you keep saying random act of kindness. It's like it sounds like the the we're we're uh, sorry. <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by. No, 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 it's not. No, it's not. Bill no, 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 no. <laughs> anyway, continue. <laughs> um. But yeah, basically thinking of Ahsoka as a as a smuggler in many ways is not something we normally think of. Uh, sorry, I, I, the the book calls it lucky coincidences, not random acts of kindness. Okay, there you uh, go. That's better. <laughs> but uh, uh, but it's yeah, almost, yeah. Um, close enough. Yeah, but it was uh, that's very interesting. Also, one one flashback that was fascinating. Uh, we get uh, Obi Wan remembering going to Shmi's grave mm-hmm. and apologizing for losing Anakin. I thought uh, that was and... very interesting. Yes. Yeah. 
that is uh there were a couple of scenes where I was like I'm not sure why this is here like I'm not like what why is Obi-Wan have a piece in this book yep but on the other hand I really liked it yeah because it wasn't like aftermath where all the interludes are completely random and have nothing to do with the story and therefore yeah. it doesn't really matter right um or um, the, the, I should clarify. It's not that they have nothing to do with the story, but they are. Uh, they often do have are related to the story, but they're they're random and can go to any character. Mm-hmm. But yeah. in this book, it's like Ahsoka, Ahsoka flashback, Ahsoka flashback, and then all of a sudden a random Obi Wan flashback, and so it's a little bit feels a little more disjointed at times. But you know, I I didn't uh, didn't find it dis- disjointed at all because, like I said, maybe because like I, when when I started the podcast this felt like I was reading the Obi-Wan book because it had the same kind of pacing. So yeah. it, it, even though it was Obi-Wan, it felt natural. It, it, yeah. it felt like it, it, it felt like it, because it was almost like at least in this case, there was some kind of closure to that storyline. Yeah. So, and here you have a character who is trying to find some kind of closure, but in a way can't because she has to be involved. She is involved. Not like Obi-Wan, who's got the closure and is... doesn't know how to not be involved. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. It's very interesting to me that Bail Organa knows that Obi-Wan and Yoda and Luke and Leia are alive. But he specifically decides not to tell Ahsoka about this. But Uh, So, let me ask you guys a question. Go ahead. Does Bail Organa know who Darth Vader is? a good question and you know that's a very interesting thing because i think even does r2d2 know who darth vader is i i think yes why do neither of them tell ahsoka i don't i don't actually i don't think wait i don't think r2 knows no wasn't he on no yeah but they they, like they were on mustafar right but they left Ahsoka. they left anakin for dead on mustafar true no wait well he does know because in um Bloodline, and people are shouting at us as we're, we're probably as we're listening to this. Yeah, that's right. Bloodline, that, thank you. That's what I was trying. I was like, I know I had, I thought this. It's Leia saying exactly. there is Darth Vader. Okay, wait a minute. And what I felt those? like, so in Bloodlines, right. Bail Organa read. records a message for Leia saying, that's hey, right. by the way, that's right. your father that's is Darth right. Vader. That's right. That's right. Because so that's that either means trouble. he either knows now. I mean, I suppose it's possible he when learned later. Huh? When would he have known? How would he have found out? You mean? Yeah. Uh, I would have. I wouldn't Back be surprised if records. it was something that happened. Like, cause. Wait, I wonder if Ahsoka uh, told him. Oh. Because I'm trying to think. Like, so Anakin's left for John Mustafar, right? Right. He doesn't know. I mean, Obi Wan doesn't even know that he's still alive right now. Uh, and then there's this new guy in a suit. Who's walking around? That right. But how that do they Ahsoka know that? Calls out. It's Anakin, out there. right? Ahsoka only. Ahsoka realizes that she figures out who it is. Why would he? Why would she tell Bale? Of because all people, she knew him. Right. If she figures yeah. it out, maybe she could say, "Hey, oh my God." Well, yeah, because. Um, because she 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 finally realizes who is behind the mask 
after they go to the Jedi Temple and she has those visions in Rebels right. season two, right? And, and she knows what with a hundred percent certainty by the time she confronts Vader, right? But I see her telling Bale maybe between the episode where they go to the Jedi Temple and Twilight the Apprentice. Because hmm. like, how else would he have found out? Actually, I, that's a good question. So Palpatine names Anakin Vader before he gets the suit. If uh, and oh, Bale, oh, oh, Bale was at the Jedi Temple. Temple. I mean, he, that doesn't necessarily mean he knows it was Anakin, but, but but on top of that, wait a minute. But the other thing is, remember there is holo holo tapes. Because remember, Obi-Wan saw the tapes of Anakin doing the killing. Well, but that doesn't mean they know... Uh, but 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 he does see... Doesn't mean they know he's in a suit. But if they see... Uh, do, do the whole tape also record audio? Because you do see him get down on his knee. Yeah, he says, now, Lord Vader, yes. go and bring... I oh. mean, that's, that's the that's yeah, possibility that's there. kind of all you need. Yeah. I mean, there, right? there's, there's possibilities. Bale there. wasn't watching that. Yeah, but, but Obi Wan was. Yeah, Obi-Wan and Obi Wan and Bale were colluding together. Yeah. And then, and then Bale. Who's to say Bale at a certain point wasn't able to use R two to hack into the Imperial system yeah. to pull up tapes? Yeah. But so I guess your point still stands, Stephen. Like, why didn't Bale tell Ahsoka? Yes, that was. My the only thing I thought was like, shouldn't like you could have prevent. Well, I guess he couldn't have prevented anything, but Mm-mm. it was it would have been nice to be able to do, potentially. Yeah, but at that point, wow, oh. it was one of the few places where I thought I detected like a an actual gap in the the canon, which I, I have to say is actually very impressive given all the content that they're trying to do right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't even know if it's a gap in the canon as much as, um, a odd move on Bale's part, not to tell her. And then again, like he, if he's trying to protect, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, I, maybe it's a, de- it's a deliberate choice. Yeah. Because it's a deliberate choice to possibly protect the kids too. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. That could, that could very well be it. For that matter, if uh, Ahsoka knew who Vader was, would Bale have gotten Fulcrum? Or would she have done something different? Maybe he's like, I can't tell her. Because you think she would have gone after or she would have left? Yeah, because she would have gone after him. Anyway, an interesting question. Yeah, no, that's for a book another day i don't know yeah fascinating question and i mean and this this is the sort of question we're going to get a lot because of uh r2d2 because we all know r2 likes to keep his secrets okay yeah Uh, well how and r2 kind of r2 is kind of playing both sides mm -hmm. in in this book uh he he is on the ship with the uh, the, the two bounty hunters when um, you know Bale sends them to go meet uh, um, to go go find Ahsoka or this this Jedi doing these random acts of kindness, right? 
So, uh, you know, R2 tells... There's this nice reunion between R2-D2 and Ahsoka, which was a a touching moment. And he tells Ahsoka that Bail wants to meet with her. Um, But she doesn't really want to go meet Bail directly. So she uses R2-D2 to basically uh, Mm. escape the tractor beam and track the ship back to Bail's hideout. And then uh, R2-D2 even opened up the airlock so she could go around... The uh, outside the ship through space, get in the airlock. Yeah, and that was yeah, that was that was. Off. Yeah. I don't know how she parked her ship like a mile. No, okay, not a mile. Uh, like around an asteroid where they couldn't see it, and then somehow got all the way to the airlock. Suspension of disp. R two did it. Remember, R two's got rocket uh, engines. R two uh, or or back. it was chopper. Back. But 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 then again, uh, so R two's helping her. But then he also goes and helps Bale in return, and. You know, like he's R two is playing both sides. Oh yeah, they're doing a very good job of it too. Right. Okay, yeah. but but he, also he knows everything. He but but also remember that the way that I have always heard the story because of how old I am, that the two characters that are actually telling the story of Star Wars is C three PO and R two D two, because yeah. they've been there through every single ep- every single chapter of this story, so that little droid has never been wiped. C three PO technically has but r2 knows everything mm-hmm. yep yep that's exactly what happens yep exactly what happens. can't wait for him to put out his memoirs one of these days yeah. the memoirs of <laughs> r2d2 my life is a droid through uh, nine episodes yeah I, I i think things wrapped up fairly quickly as mm-hmm. we get to the end with uh, you know ahsoka basically calls in bales uh, his forces, which a side side note, real quick, I liked how they talked about how they they couldn't necessarily just trust everyone on the Tantive Four right away. Mm-hmm. They had to slowly yep. swap people out and or or you know or convert them over to the rebellion one yeah. by one, either transfer them off the ship or or recruit them, uh, which was really cool to think about. You never think about you know, it's bailing on a ship, but you can't trust yeah, you can't trust everybody crew. Uh, so that was really cool, and, did, and how they... yeah. Did either of you guys get confused for a moment when the Tanative Three came up? Yes, <laughs> I was like, is that, is that that's where Bale's normal office is, right? Yeah. Well, Bale makes the comment that the Tanative Three is his yeah his normal ship, and the Tanative Four is Captain Antilles' ship. Yeah, I was just like, uh, but, but okay, okay, that kind of went over my head there. I, I think I missed I just... that one. It was it was kind of funny to think like oh there is a tentative three, <laughs> yep of course of course there's probably a tentative two and a tentative one and a tentative one is probably like you know Queen Bria's ship or something. There you go. It's like you know Air Force One Bale's stuck with <laughs> Air Force Three. <laughs> Air Force. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> um, but Bale's squadron of A wings once again those A wings uh, yeah. arrive. And basically destroy the fields. Uh, and yeah, then... I thought that was a little blatant. I'm, I feel like someone would have noticed that. Like, hey, is that one of Bale's ships blowing up our, uh, blowing up the Empire's fields? They were looking the other way, and then yeah. rescuing literally everyone on the planet. Yeah. Okay. I have. I have the Bale possible. Being quite so subtle as he thought. <laughs> Okay, now wait a minute. I have the possible solution to the person who was in charge of that planet. 
Isn't it the uh, Lego guy from the Freemaker Adventures that basically keeps getting busted down every time he something happens? He's like, no, I don't see anything. I don't see anything. That was the guy in charge. Yeah, that the, makes uh, a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but it was a... Uh, so they, they load up everybody on the planet up into these ships, and they decide that, you know, instead of just resettling them somewhere else, they all actually decide to join the Rebellion. Yeah. Every single one of them, which is fascinating. And uh, I think a much faster way of recruiting people than uh, going and getting, you know, <laughs> two, two pilots, pilots at a time. Yeah. As a callback to the Antilles extraction, for those of you who've already listened to our review of that episode. Very true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then I guess, you know, Ahsoka sneaks back into the core and uh, she she builds her lightsabers, as we mentioned earlier, with out of a bag of useless parts that she was carrying around the entire, the entire book. I, I, when she started talking about these useless parts, I knew they were for a lightsaber. Yeah. It was, yeah. Right? it was kind of obvious. Uh, the way she hit them all the time. Yeah. It was pretty clear. Yeah. The only odd thing was that she didn't know what they were for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The force works in mysterious ways. That, that's true. That's exactly true. how she got her crystals. Very mysterious. Yeah. But we see, we see Bale like, uh, you know, admiring her, her white lightsabers and yeah, that's when she actually offers it's Soka's idea where she offers to take over the intelligence network uh, that Bale has. And, you know, he agrees and they come up with the name Fulcrum. Uh, and so it's Ahsoka's idea. And so we now know the origin story for Fulcrum as, and as we know it, Fulcrum becomes Ahsoka and then potentially if you know, if, if our theory is correct, Agent Callus, and it goes on and on, and there might be multiple Fulcrums, either in succession or at the same time. We're not really sure, but it all starts with Ahsoka. Yep. Yeah. And then the book ends with the Grand Inquisitor. He makes his he makes his debut in this book, surveying the destruction of Rada, and he informs Darth Vader that it looks like there is another Jedi. That has survived. Yeah, it was it was a nice touch having the Inquisitor show up. It makes me kind of miss him. I yeah. wish he'd stuck around for more than he's, one season. He's still my favorite Inquisitor. Yeah, and it's so I'm so sad that we don't the have him anymore. Seventh Sister was pretty great though. Character. Seventh yeah, Sister was much better like, than the brother. Uh, yeah, I agree. I still like the the Grand Inquisitor the best. He's my favorite of all of the Inquisitors, far and above. Far and above. Uh, that's fair. Yep. Are we up for our ratings? I think so. Okay. Uh, I'll go first this time. I enjoyed this book. I thought for... I, I, I knew going into it it was a young reader book, but when I read it, it didn't feel that way. It did feel like, and I've said this many times during the podcast, it felt like I was reading the Obi-Wan book again because it had great pacing. Um didn't have many many problems with it because i just basically accepted it for what it was and i enjoyed it i probably will read it again it is a fairly quick read even though it is you know over 350 pages it's a fairly quick read uh i would recommend it i am going to give the book an eight out of ten um wow womp rats what am i going to do with them you know what what i'm going to do is i'm going to i'm going to take my womp rats and instead of the A-Wings coming down to destroy the field 
of the plant that basically takes the nutrients out of the soil. It's mm -hmm. these eight womp rats that are going to basically feast on that plant and basically, Ooh. yeah, they're going to devour. fitting end. Yeah, fitting end. They're going to, yeah. You can figure out what's going to happen to them after they eat. So they're mm -hmm. going to eat all the plant. So that's, I was kind of nice to them. Who's next? Okay. Yeah, that works. Okay. I guess I can go. Okay. So I didn't realize it was a, rug, a young reader novel, but even despite that, I, f I still feel like the book could have been a little more descriptive. It felt it was, the book was not short by any means, but I felt like it glanced over everything. Just everything could have used just a little bit more detail, a little bit more oomph to it, if you will. Um, and so that, that was really the biggest problem I had with the book. Otherwise, I thought the story worked really well. I liked that we got this kind of piece of Ahsoka's story, and I felt like they told it very well. Um, or it's you know it's a, it, I shouldn't say told it well, but it was a good story, and I'm I'm glad we got to hear it. Um, so I think I'm gonna have to give it. I think I'll give it a six out of ten. Womp Rats. I enjoyed it. It's worth reading. It's just I don't know if it's a Star Wars book I'll ever read again for a second time. Um. But with my seven Womp Rats... Wait a minute. Tough. Seven or six? Sorry, six. Okay. Did I say seven? I meant yeah, you six. said seven because if you were throwing an extra one in there, I'd hate to be that no, extra no. one. No, just, no. Just seven. Okay. Six. <clears throat> um, but I've got to have something to do with my Womp Rats, and I didn't really think this part through. Um, ooh. Uh, oh, man, I'm panicking. I can't think of anything. Well, we'll uh, come back to you yeah, if you we'll want. Come back yeah, to you later. why don't we'll you come, come back, back to me while I think of something better? Okay. okay. So I'm going to give this eight and a half Womp Rats out of ten. Uh, I really enjoyed the book. And I think the, the big thing to remember is, you know, some people look at Star Wars books and they say, you know, oh, if it's from it's, it's a young it's a young adult book. Don't get me wrong. It, it, it feels like a, you know, just because it says it's a young adult book doesn't mean it's for, you know, young kids right this is a book that all ages will enjoy mm -hmm. it's technically classified as a young adult book just because of the uh, usually it's either due to the page count or it's due to the uh the fact that the characters happen to skew a bit younger like they're all mostly in their teens or something um but it it has nothing to do about the quality of the book and i think we've seen that with ahsoka and lost stars and many many of the fantastic some of the best star wars books in the new canon are the young adult books um so you know you might get maybe a little less detail or something at times but um i thought it was really enjoyable and it, it as we talked about at the top of the show it wasn't quite what i was expecting but i still enjoyed it quite a bit it was a very good uh a very good book i really enjoyed it and I'm really, really looking forward to listening to the audiobook. Um, the audiobook is uh, is read by Ashley Eckstein, who of course plays Ahsoka in the Clone Wars and Rebels. So I had an opportunity to listen to a, a bit of the book, and it is, sounds really, really, really good. Uh, I talked to Ashley as well about uh, about it, and uh, <clears throat> you know, this is this is the first audiobook she's ever done. And I think she did a, a great job. So, um, so anyway, I really enjoyed the book. I'm gonna give it eight and a half Womp Rats out of ten. And my Womp Rats are uh, well, they are they're gonna be tortured. They're gonna they're gonna join oh, the little torture chamber. 
um, that the Imperials have because when uh, when there's no workers left on uh, uh, on Rada, they turn to the Womp Rats for the manual labor. Wow. And and sometimes the Womp Rats just don't cooperate. So so eight and a half Womp Rats are going to farm the whole planet. Yes. Okay, so wait a minute. You have eight and a half Womp Rats that are going to farm the whole planet, and you've got eight of the Womp Rats that are going to be eating the whole planet. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Yeah, that's what it's interesting. So the question is, what happened to the other six Womp Rats? I can tell you. So okay, there you go. Now that uh, it took me some time to discover what the Nefarious Empire was up to, but with their uh, food production scheme on Rada... A failure. The Empire had to turn to uh, other means for nutrients for the stormtroopers. Oh. Are you familiar with Soylent Green? Oh, <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> well, it's Womp Rat. <sighs> rat. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you're welcome. There so you go. Disgusting thought for today. And remember, folks, this was a young reader book. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's I, I think we're... Yeah. So yeah. Uh, that's our review of Ahsoka, and we'll be back in just a few days with our review of the next episode of Rebels, titled The Last Battle. What do you think it's about? Well, I'm I guess it's somebody's Sounds last Thrawny. battle. Sounds Thrawny to me. Yeah. The last, have, game, the last we battle. Till, we have to wait till yeah. Saturday. Thrawny to me. Wow. So. Last command, maybe. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away, including Rebels, the sequel trilogy, spin-off films, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help the show grow within the Star Wars fan community. Visit our website, ioncannoncast.com, or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. You can also get in touch with us by emailing contact at ioncannoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, the Walt Disney Company, or any of the respective trademark or copyright holders. Any and all opinions expressed on this show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans for fans and is copyright 2016.